0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. There's been news reports of strange objects from outside our solar system. You probably heard and seen on the news some fantastic images of a new asteroid that's been detected that came from outside our solar system. We dig into the details of that, plus look at some new light being shed on a mysterious object they crashed down and fell into the middle of Australia. You've probably seen splashed over the news fancy pictures of an unusual object that's been hurtling through our solar system from interstellar space. And the pictures that you might have seen look truly spectacular a long cylindrical object, asteroid, in a darkish reddish colour. Now, all of this is true, we have picked up a very unusual asteroid that is likely to have come from the star system Vega, which makes it the first interstellar object to be detected visiting our solar system. But those pictures that you've seen are nothing more than artistic renderings. The story behind how we got to this point, the data we collected, and the cross-country research that was required to pick up this very, very faint but very unusual object, though, is a very interesting story indeed. Way back in middle of October, October 19th, The Pan-STARRS-1 telescope in Hawaii picked up a really, really faint point of light moving across the sky. Now, typically, this telescope picks up lots of little faint points of light moving across the sky. They're normally fast-moving, very small asteroids, and often they don't pay much attention to them. But further observations over the next couple of days allowed the orbit to be calculated, which is what we do anytime we pick up any near-Earth object or interstellar object, just so we can plot its trajectory and make sure it's not going to come on a collision course for Earth later on the track. When they did that, though, they were shocked to learn that the orbit projection indicated that it didn't come from inside the solar system, but rather far, far outside the solar system. That made it from a very small, uninteresting little bit of asteroid matter around our planet to an incredibly important and potentially groundbreaking discovery of an interstellar object. So telescopes from across the world trained their eyes to that patch of sky to see if they could catch any glimpse of this unusual object. And that's where the European Space Agency's very large telescope comes in. The Very Large Telescope is part of the series of spectacularly named telescopes scattered across the world, but this one is in high in the mountains in Chile, where the air is very, very dry, and it's very, very high up with no light pollution, making it the ideal stellar observatory place. And there are actually a couple of telescopes up there. We've talked about it several times here on this podcast before. So, the ESO, at the Very Large Telescope, trained their eyes on this mysterious, faint dot of light, which the Hawaiian initial discovery team labelled Oumuamua. Now everyone had to be very very quick in their actions here because the speed that Oumuamua was travelling meant that he was rapidly heading out of our solar system just as quickly as it had arrived. Which meant we only had a really brief window to pick this thing up. Especially since the initial discovery happened on the asteroid's exit phase of its orbit around the sun. It already passed its closest point to the sun in September, which did really mean that time was very much running out. So by combining lots of different images of the patch of sky using different filters and different telescopes from across the world, the team led by Karen Meech from the Institute of Astronomy in Hawaii were able to identify a few interesting facts about Oumuamua, and that is that its brightness... I the amount of light reflected off its surface varies by about a factor of 10 as it spins on its axis every seven or so hours. And what that meant is that this object is about 10 times longer than it it is high. So it's cylindrical almost in shape. And that is incredibly unusual because we don't often see objects of that type of ratio orbiting in our solar system. What they also found as well, by piecing together these images, that it was dark red in colour. Now this is similar to what we see in outer solar system objects, because it is completely inert, but and didn't have any ice or other types of substance f- flaring off like you would have with a comet, which meant it was probably very rocky, or with a high metal content, with no surface water or ice. And the dark reddening, is something that we understand comes from the effects of irradiation from cosmic rays over millions of years. And we've seen that on other outer cupia belt or Oort cloud objects that make their way into the solar system. Now, overall in size, the estimates place that at about 400 metres long, which makes it a very, very interesting object indeed, especially since the initial calculations suggest that it comes from the bright star Vega in the north constellation of Lyra. Now, it's traveling at a speed of about 95,000 kilometers an hour, and it would have taken so long for the asteroid to make that journey, maybe about 300,000 years, that at that point in time, Vega wasn't in that position in our sky. So where it actually came from is even more complicated to try and figure out. It could have been drifting across the Milky Way unattached to any solar system for hundreds of millions of years before it's ducked through our solar system. And that's what makes this interstellar object so fascinating. Now normally we estimate that there's heaps of these interstellar objects passing through our solar system every year. And they think there's probably one similar to Oumuamua that comes through at least once a year. But because they're so faint and difficult to spot or differentiate from other type of objects that we barely get any data on them. It's only because this one is so unusual that we've managed to actually pick it up and give it a really good look. And now that we have really good survey telescopes like pan in Hawaii, as well as the extremely large and very large telescopes in Chile, it gives us the ability to actually find these things once we get that initial hint to their location. So no, it's not an alien, nor an alien spaceship, but it is an interstellar traveller and one of perhaps many that are visiting our solar system on a frequent basis but it's the first time we've managed to get a good look at one of these strange interstellar objects, and hopefully we'll pick up more into the future. Australia is a very large country, and that means we've got a large amount of land. And that large amount of land is like having a big target sitting on your back for any objects that fall from space to hit, whether it be Skylab or a meteorite that comes crashing down to Earth. And for those reasons, we established what we call the Desert Fireball Network, which is a large monitoring system that looks for any objects that might fall to Earth and then tries to pinpoint their location. And it does this by having a, a massive network of autonomous cameras spread across Western Australia, South Australia, and basically the big inside part of Australia, where not many people are around. It cuts around 2.5 million square kilometres of area, with 50 linked cameras that observe every 30 seconds. And by doing this, they can actually sort of pinpoint locations um, for objects that have fallen to Earth, and it enables us to pick up, if anything has fallen, into the large unknown of the inner parts of Australia. It's managed by a team of researchers, particularly out of Curtin University in WA. Now in 2007, a large object fell to Earth, and from that we managed to recover something that we called the Bambura Rock Hole. And what's very interesting is that scientists have recently published detailed chemical analysis of the Bambura Rock Hole, which helps shed light into some pretty unusual stellar objects. Now whatever object that the Bambura Rock Hole came from, It was what scientists refer to as differentiated, which means that it was large enough to separate into a core, a mantle, and a crust, similar in the way to what we have here on Earth, which obviously means it wouldn't be as large, say, as a planet, but it's certainly not a small interstellar object. And this is quite important because when we understand the formation of asteroids and the aggregation of those into planets, we need to understand what kind of objects we have out there. And this suggests that, well, there are lots of objects out there that do have cores, mantles and crusts, though they're not really large planets. Now, it's believed that the object that the Bunbur came from, came from the innermost main asteroid belt located between Mars and Jupiter somewhere close to Vesta, which is the second largest body in the asteroid belt. And what we use to help identify and track these meteorites is often the oxygen isotopes. And they can act basically like a fingerprint to associate with a specific parent body. Now, there's a group of meteorites called the Howardites, Echroites and Diogenites, which are all called the HEDs effectively, but because they're oxygen similar signatures are all relatively the same the oxygen isotope found commonly in them basically is similar across all the samples then they say that these often come from vesta and that's what we originally classified the babura rock is coming from it we we originally classified it as being uh, an euceride where so meant it was like the other heds but the research recently conducted by gretchen benedict from Curtin university in in western australia actually did a more thorough, complicated analysis of the meteorite. And this research was funded by the NASA Emerging Worlds and Cosmochemistry Program. And what these results from Gretchen and her team was, was that the initial study and analysis of this meteorite's oxygen isotopes weren't exactly telling the truth. In fact, they had to sample heaps and heaps and heaps of times all over this meteorite to try and get a good, clear, consistent reading. And it was full of anomalous oxygen compositions. It's not like the other meteorites we've seen from Vesta. In fact, the composition is vastly different, which means there's really different, three different scenarios to explain what's possibly going on here. Maybe the rock got contaminated by another material. Or maybe it comes from a, a separate part of Vesta, one that we haven't sampled or got a fig- fingerprint for at this time. Or maybe that it's from a third, completely different, undiscovered asteroid body. That, and this asteroid as well has to be a differentiated one, one with a core, mantle, and a crust. Now, look, if contamination had occurred, 10% of the meteorite would have to have contaminants in it to explain the weird oxygen readings, and that, that's not the case. So we've ruled out contamination theory. And if it did come from an unsampled part of Vesta, it would imply that Vesta is heterogeneous, meaning it's got different layers of composition across the asteroid. And there really is no evidence for that in the studies we've done of the object Vesta. And plus, that would overturn all the other samples that we found from Vesta, which line up. Which leaves the lonely theory that uh, this comes from a different body. Not Vesta, but something else nearby that also is a differentiated asteroid. Now, what we do know is that, well, whatever parent body the Bombura rock hole come from, it Vesta are similar. They both have a similar-ish composition, but not the same. So they probably formed in the same region of the solar system. But without much more data, we don't know where. We do know there is an object out there that this could have come from. But we don't know where. We've got a good idea of how it happened. But it's a very, very fascinating example of how objects from our own solar system can unravel even more mysteries as we dig deeper into them. And why We need to study everything that falls to Earth from the heavens above because it can help us piece together the development of our solar system and how asteroids form and also tell us about what is still lurking out there in the great unknown. Some great research done at Curtin University in Western Australia. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, The Point. This week we found out about the Bambura rock hole and shed light on some mysterious objects in our solar system, plus a very mysterious Oumuamua traveller from outside our solar system. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Anatics. Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.